Welcome to the Fearless 4 podcast number 6. My name is Peter and joining me, well, what can we say? The world's greatest writer. Uh, that will do, the world's greatest writer. Yes, famous author, Neil Jones. How are you, Neil? Why, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I wouldn't say I am the best. Close, Close. But not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's just because oh, yes. you're you're so humble. So humble, so modest. So well, modest. I think we're talking about reading yep. and, and why we enjoy reading. I have some questions for you that I found on a website, and I'd like to thank Poppy, who's copyrighted these uh, questions. But I'm sure if I give her um, credit. And, yeah. and I'm using them in a good way. I hope she doesn't mind. I'm sure it's fine. So, for you, Peter. Yep. Has a book ever changed your life? Yes. Oh, uh, that's I, a good I, Yeah, I'm just... I know quite a few books have, and I'm just trying to think of yeah. which ones... Um, a strange one, which is the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, which if you okay. read now, you might be a bit uh, taken back by the uh, undercurrent of racism that's in the book. Uh, yep. The black boy and the white boy and, and all those sorts of things. Um, but... When I read it, we're going back to, uh, gee, I think I was about Form 2, what's that, Year 8? Um, yes. You know we're old when we say Form 2 instead of Year 8. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. yeah, I read it then and uh, it, it blew me away and it also made me think a lot more about uh, how people are perceived uh, by not only their colour but their education and um, uh, Huckleberry Finn, uh, the sort of life that he was leading and, and everything. Uh, it was just so uh, out there, I suppose you'd say, compared to what I had be, been reading. And It's uh, a kind of a boy's own adventure yeah and it, it, but it just sort of opened my eyes to a, another world compared to like a lot of the books I'd been reading at the time were you know, yes. either in the past or like in the past as in uh, um, things like the time machine and you know those sorts of books um, more science fiction-y yes. things and, and Journey to the Centre of the Earth and War of the Worlds, you know, all that sort of stuff. But this was sort of yes. more real. And, yeah, it, it's like... 
I think it was my first real experience of of some a book where there is uh, racism racism in in there. Yes. Um, yeah. Even if some of it was unintentional, but it, it, yeah, it just it blew my mind really because I I just wasn't expecting what I read at the time. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and it and it was good in a, in a great way because it it did open my eyes to reading more things that I probably wouldn't have thought of reading at the time. Um, I can't remember yeah. what. Oh yeah, I, I remember reading uh, uh, Tom Sawyer and other other books by. Um, uh, oh, what's it? the author's name? I've forgotten. Mark Twain. Yeah, Mark Twain. Yeah. Yep. Um, read other stuff by him and and enjoyed them as well. Uh, uh, and then opened my eyes to another group of books that I read much later. Uh, I'd say I think I was about eighteen or nineteen. Uh, three books that were about England in the nineteen fifties when there was. Uh, yep race rights and um, the stories there are three different books uh, Mr. Love and Justice um, uh, Absolute Beginners and I forgot the name of the third one but um, yep. Absolute Beginners actually was made into a film of a, a musical but it was nothing like the book. It was one of those things that's, you know, like based on the book and then they yes. totally destroyed yeah. it. But, I mean, people, it, some people liked it, but I, if you read the book, you wouldn't have liked it, put, put it that way. Was it David Bowie? Yeah, David Bowie sang the theme song, um, Absolute Beginners, yeah. and I'm not sure if he was in the movie at all. I didn't actually see it. I okay. saw, saw the yep. preview. I saw, um, I can remember I read the book and um, then I saw in the paper in uh, Entertainment Guide or something, they mentioned that it was being made into a movie and I thought, oh, yeah, Rupert, this is going to be great because it was, it was a great story. Um, it's about this, uh, well, it's, I suppose you'd call him a mod, but it was the 1950s, so it's a bit before mods and rockers and things like that. Um, yes. But he he's really friendly with um, uh, black people in his neighbourhood, but all yes. in the background of this whole story, there are the race riots between the blacks and the whites and um, all this sort of stuff, and it's really tense all through it in the background. Uh, it's a really, really yeah. well-written book. Um, if you can find it anywhere, I recommend reading it because it's really interesting. And he goes to all these clubs that are usually black-only people. You know, they, they sing blues and all that sort of oh. stuff. And uh, it was oh, just yes. a really good story. What was that? That would be interesting. Like, yeah, he's walked in. He's the only white person in the club. Yeah. 
And, um, of course, you got lots of looks from people that didn't know him and they're saying, what's this white kid doing in here? But the people that knew him would say, hey, come over. And, and you know, it was just really yeah. well written. And uh, the, the thing that was, um, I found the most uh, interesting was the, the way the writer managed to forever have this tension in the background. You know, you just knew that there was riots going on. You just knew that there was trouble between different people and everything. And he didn't have to say it out loud, but, you know, it was just there. It was always present, no matter what was happening. It was always in the back of your mind about it. So, I mean, obviously it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. It's not, you know, a happy, happy book like the musical version was um yeah but uh yeah yeah it's a great book if anyone tries to uh, i think it's still in print yeah. so um i think the other it two sounds like it gets you thinking yeah uh, the other two i don't think are still in print mr love and justice and our oh, city of spades was the third one so um, yep. yeah the great they were great books um, but yeah but that all came from being open to reading about different races and and stuff like that so yeah I'd say those books would have changed my life for sure well, that's certainly a, a diverse group of books yeah um, next question is what author who is still living would you dearly love to meet uh, oh, gee, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, but there are some. I think I'd really like to meet Stephen King. I'm yes. not a huge fan. I have, I've only read a couple of his books. But the yeah. quality and quantity that he writes, I think he'd be a fascinating guy to, to talk to. Yes. I do follow yes. him on yes. Twitter. And um, okay. sometimes he, he you know, obviously, there's no point in replying to anything he says because he has like, you know, five million followers or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But he, 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 he'll say, like, oh, there's a really good show that I like that, you know, is starting up, or uh, there's a really good book or something. You know, he's always recommending stuff and not. The sort of stuff you'd think you'd be recommending a lot of the times. I mean, you think you'd only be saying things about thrillers and horror, and but no, he, he talks about all sorts of stuff. And, um, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah I, I think he'd be the guy that I'd really like to sit down and, and just chat to, mainly about, not necessarily about the books that he's written, but about how he goes about it and... And the sort of stuff that I talked to you about, I think that'd be fascinating. Yes. Hang on a second. Lynn's just going to pass me a tissue. Yeah. Because you didn't say my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hurt. It's okay. <laughs> I, can, I can get through this. Well, I, I do talk to you about books, so that's, that's already assumed that you're number one, so... 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Lynn got up to get me a tissue as well, so. <laughs> um, I apologise to both of you. Um, the next one I've got for you um, has a book you like and been turned into a movie or TV series and you hated that adaptation. Uh, yes. Now, which ones? <laughs> I just go through the list of, uh, let's see, well, Absolute Beginners, which I mentioned before, which was one of my favourite yes. books, was turned into a what I thought was an absolutely shocking musical version. Um, people liked it at the time, but I don't think those people had read the book. Uh, so okay. It was, yeah. yeah, one of those yeah. based on the book thing, as I said before, but nothing really to do with the book. Um, what else? Uh, I haven't really liked the Terry Pratchett ones they've done, um, movies that they've done. Uh, I think they've done about four. Uh, but they never seem to capture the humour properly. Uh, I know I've got this wrong. Did he do Good Omens? Yeah, yeah he, he co-wrote that with somebody else. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I that was good. That. I, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that, but um, that's that, that's probably the only one of of. Well, you say it's his book if he co-wrote it. So, um, yes. the other ones, I don't know. I just, I just didn't find that they were there was humour there that they're always in the books. Uh, and they tried to make yeah. it more like fantasy type stuff, which, I mean, that's in the books as well. But it's like they forgot about the humour. And, and I think that's a big part of Terry Pratchett's books. Yes. Yep. I'm sure there are lots of others, but I just can't think of right at the top of my head. Okay. Uh, what attracts you to a book? Is it the cover, the blurb? Or recommendation from others? Um, all of those things. Um, yes. Recommendation, it really depends on who is recommending it. Uh, yes. Like, for example, if you recommended a book, uh, I'd certainly check it out. If it's somebody yes. I don't know who recommends it, I'd probably... Have you know? Look at the cover of myself, or or read what it's about. Um, that's really uh, if you know somebody, then you can trust their recommendations better than if you don't know somebody. Um, yes. The cover. I did that. Sorry, go on. Go ahead. Uh, uh, the I cover. Say I did that. <laughs> in in that. Um, there's uh, Ken Follett he, he writes a series of books Pillars of the Earth and um, uh, yeah. it, it talks about the, the first buildings of the churches and, and using different material 
and he's written a prequel to the story. And I'm thinking, I'm going to read it because I've enjoyed the others. But I took the time to read a, a couple of one-star and two-star reviews. And, and it's just interesting what people like and don't like. So, um, yeah, it, it can make a difference, recommendations. Yeah. I think a lot of – there used to be a show on the ABC, the first Tuesday book club. Did you ever watch that? No, I did not. I think I watched the movie version. Yeah, they had the the movie movie show. Um, yes. On an but on another day, the the first Tuesday book club. Um, Jennifer Byrne, I think, was a host, and um, mm-hmm. they'd have guests on each week. And like a lot of the times, the books they they talked about didn't interest me at all, as you'd expect, because there's so many books to cover. Uh, but every now and again, one would come up, and I'd think, "Oh, that sounds interesting." But uh, a lot of the yeah. talk they had went above my head because it was all about, uh, you know, oh, yeah. the stuff that is too too brainy for me. <laughs> but um, it, it gives you, you know, lets you know what's out there and stuff. It, it helped. Yeah. Um, but even then, I didn't really trust them because some of the books that I really liked got negative reviews on the show. So, what can you say? Yeah. Everyone's got different tastes. And, um, uh, we think you underestimate yourself when you say above your head. I, I think that uh, you are a very intelligent person who can hold a very intelligent conversation. So, um, make astute observations so oh. yes oh thank you the, no it's, it's true it's it's yeah um I've got a couple more for you yep I like this are there any books that are considered terrible but are your secret pleasure hmm I'm sure there are I'm just trying to think. Playboy doesn't count. Oh, that was going to be my first choice. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I know the the girl with the dragon tattoo, which was a huge success, but yes. a lot of critics didn't like it. Um, funny story about that, actually. Um, when it was because it's from Scandinavia, and when it was translated yes. to English, the title translated as, I think it was, uh, Men Who Hate Women. And Oh, really? Yeah, and when I first saw it in the shop, I picked it up because it had they'd changed it to The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes. Which caught my eye, and... You know, I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I wonder what that's about. So I picked up the book and started reading the back cover, and that that hooked me. But if it had been men who hate women, I would never even no, touched no. it. No. So it's one of the no, few no, occasions no. where they've actually changed the name and it's worked for the better. Usually when they change the name, they mess it up. 
Yes. Um, yeah. What was the question again? Uh, no, it was, uh, are there any books oh, that yes. are considered terrible but are your secret pleasure? Um... No, I don't think there are that I've that I've got at least. I can't think of any offhand. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Do you have any? That are secret pleasures. Yeah. Um. Again. Not offhand. I have to think about it for the next time we discuss this. Yeah. I'm just looking at some bookshelves and some of the stories that I've read. And, um, yeah, I, I'd probably go with my non-fiction um, Anthony Beaver reading about the Second World War. He, he, he t- that's my guilty pleasure, although they are not um, terrible books. Yeah. So I'll think about that and come back for the next time. I'm actually, when we, a few uh, podcasts ago, we were talking about uh, books that we liked and we mentioned that we both like reading books about the Second World War. Uh, that got yeah. me going again and I'm re- rereading uh, one that I've read so many times, Dust, Dust Boot, The Boat, it's called, oh, yes. uh, about the submarine in uh, World War Two, German submarine. And um, good movie, great movie. And oh, this is one um, you asked a question about uh, quite a few podcasts ago about seeing a movie first and then read the book after. This was on the movie show, on um, it would it been re released as a director's version, it was one of the first um, of the director's versions that came out. You know, it's, now it's quite common for movies to release a, a, a director's version, you know, after the initial run of the movie. Uh, but back then it was it was unusual, and they showed a bit on the on the movie show, and they talked about how great it was. So Lou and I went to I think it was the Valhalla Cinema in Richmond, and watched uh, it yeah. there, and um, it was uh, really loved it. And then I saw, during the credits, it said, based on the book Dust Boot by, I can't say the German's name, I can't think of it. Um, so I went yeah. out and bought the book, and even though it's slightly different to the movie, uh, it's pretty much um, the same sort of feeling and stuff, just slightly different characters and stuff like that. But I, I love the book, and I've read the book, I don't know, probably six or seven times since I bought it. And yep. it's my my fallback to when I'm not sure what I want to read, I usually pick that up and, and read that. Yes, and yeah, I'll have to um, have a look at it because watching the movie, you could feel the tension, like them being... Um, dive bombs and mm. sinking to the bottom of, and, and it must be like you know the next one's going to kill us all yeah um, I think it says at the start of the book that the there were 40,000 submariners 
um, sailors in the German Navy at the start of the war, and 30,000 died. Yeah. So only 10,000 managed to be alive by the end of the war. That's a a high fatality rate for a part of the armed services. Yeah, exactly. 75%, yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, A couple more. Yep. Have you ever had a crush on a book character? Yes. <laughs> I have. Uh, most recently, the talking about the girl with the dragon tattoo. Uh, yes. The character in that... Um, uh, I've forgotten the name. It's just gone out of my head. Yep. But uh, the girl that with the dragon tattoo that's in it is... Um, yes. She wears leather and boots and, and got punky hair and wears all black and stuff. It's the sort of stuff that I, I liked, especially when I was younger. So, uh, yeah, her. Um, fight a bit, too. Yeah. Uh, let me think, who else? Uh, I'm sure there's been others in the past, but I can't. Well, that one, that's the one that stands out for you? Yeah. That's the most recent a, one, I think. Book, yes. Has a book ever made you laugh out loud? Oh, yes. Lots of books. Um, Terry Pratchett books, Good Omens especially, yes. that really made me laugh out loud a lot. I can remember reading it and I was uh, working near the city for about six months and I had to catch a train in every day, so I took it with me and read it. And the amount of times I'd laugh out loud and get all these yeah. angry looks in my direction. Because, <laughs> you know, back in the, yeah. those days, you might read the paper or something, but you made no noise. You didn't talk to anyone or anything. And no. I used to be sitting there giggling and laughing about all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, Terry Pratchett books make me laugh out loud. Um who else? Uh, a lot of comics, uh, far side galleries, for example. Um, they always I make me laugh out loud. Yeah. You posted today the odd one out, which was one with all the horses. Yes, that was good. The, the first horse to say I instead of nay. Um, yes. Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that, that made me laugh. Uh, Monty Python books. Um, I've got I've got one one book that's called uh, the collection uh, of Shakespeare and Monty Python and part one Monty Python and it's actually the two um, books they released, the brand new book and what are the other ones called put together, two paperbacks put together in one hardback thing so uh, there's a lot of funny stuff in that 
Um, yes, Minister. I've got Yes, Minister books. Um, yes. And Yes, Prime be. Minister yes. as well. Um, yeah, that's probably about all. I, I don't buy that that many comedy books, but um, oh, another one is uh, Fake Tan and a couple of others that were put out by Santo, Tom and Rob Sitch from um, yes. uh, Degeneration and they did these fake travel guides to fake places and uh, they're oh, okay. hilarious so well done but they're just so funny to read yes. and I've read them quite a few times yes um, we're, we're a big fan of the utopia so yeah we can imagine the humour yeah and the lucky last question what book will you read next ah uh, uh, this is interesting because I've only just started reading Dust Boot, but um, yeah. I'll get through that pretty quick, even though it's a big book, but I enjoy it, so I know it won't take me long. But I have a stack of books waiting to be read on my iPad, and I've yeah. also got um, probably three or four books, you know, proper books, I suppose you call them, that have been waiting to be read for ages. Um I think I'm going to go for one of the ones on my iPad. Uh, I've got a few um, detective stories and stuff like that, you know, thrillers and stuff, that yeah. I'd like to see if they're, if they're any good, and then I might get more of those by those authors and see how they go. haven't actually lined up any particular one yet. And an audio book to read too. Yes. A science experiment. Too. Yeah. Now, when when I call it, a, sort of put the title, it's just science experiment two. Is that? Yes. The way you want it. Yep. Yeah. Science okay. two. Thank you. No worries. And I'll, I'll just say again, these questions came from a, a website called Alcation. O W L. C-A-T-I-O-N and there are 50 questions about reading and, wow. and person put together a good list. Yeah. Oh, they're interesting questions because they really get you thinking. Um, yes. Oh, I've got a question for you too. Uh, uh, okay. Your favourite book, which is Dune? Yes. That's correct. Yep. Uh, did you mm-hmm. read yes. all the... Uh, sequels and prequels and, and all that too? Oh, no, no. I, I've, I've read um, the first three books in the series. Um, uh, by about the third book, it started to get just a little strange. Yeah. Um, and then I, I um, stopped reading them. Um, I picked up a one that was written by his son and his son's written some more June books and I, and I couldn't get into it so I've, I've gone back and thought this is my favourite book I, I don't want to ruin it by reading some that aren't quite up to the same standard yeah I 
very much looking forward to the movie coming out in September. Yes. I've actually, now that you um, mention it, I have downloaded Dune because I've never read it. So I might okay. read that next as my next book. Yes. Um, but well, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the sequels and all that. Now, you say no, it's his son it's that's written the other ones. Yes. Yeah, because I saw them listed and I thought it's got the same last name, but I didn't know it's connected or not. Yes. Um, the first three all working together, um, like as a trilogy. So, um, I, I can yeah, I can say you can read the first three, and they all gel together. Like he's he's started it and he's written with purpose and with an end in, in sight. And then from then, I think it's just been a case of or, um, people said, we want more. So he's gone, okay, I'll go in this direction. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because um, uh, after you mentioned how good it was and that, and I, I downloaded a file on from a site that had, uh, oh, I'm not sure if it's all of Frank Herbert's books, but there's certainly a bunch of them. And also, yep. uh, whatever his son's name is, somebody, somebody Herbert, um, had them as well. And they were June stuff as well. And I thought, oh, I wonder if they're any good. Because I didn't want to sort of read one and then find that I really have to read the other 15 or something to... Yes. have the full story yeah. but uh, of course whether I or maybe I should push it in now and try read it before the movie starts mm. um, the, I think it was David Lynch made a movie back in the 80s with Sting and, and I might have got the, the names wrong but um, don't watch it <laughs> Uh. It certainly did not um, reach the the heights of the the book. Um, we watched a mini series which was slightly better than the movie, but still not as good as the book. And what we've seen of the previews for the trailer um, for this movie, it, it looks to be yeah, like they've, they've taken the time to do it really well. Oh, um, sorry. Um, I was going to say, I think I'm going to walk out a bit disappointed when they say, and next year, part two. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I read that the they in the review I read, well, they didn't actually review the film, but they reviewed, um, well, they talked about the previous versions and, and all that sort of stuff. And they said that um, there's a part in the first book about halfway, which is a perfect spot to end the first movie. I don't know if uh, you know okay. where that is, but um, and then if it, the movie does well, then they will make the second one. But if it bombs, they won't. Mm -hmm. So I don't um, know. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that movies are only half filled at the moment. Yeah. I know, <clears throat> excuse 
excuse me, American summer is coming into full swing. So um, they must be going, we'll get our movies released and get people into the cinemas. A lot of the movies actually have been released online, not online, sorry, for streaming, you know, for mm. um, uh, like uh, Netflix and uh, Hulu and, and all those sorts of streaming things in America um, because yes. of coronavirus oh. and not getting the audiences. But I think... June and, and movies like that are still going to be released in the cinema because they're they're too big to be, um, yes, you know, released on the small screen first. I think Avatar two is supposed to come out sometime soon too. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> the problem is like. Um, the little things came out with Denver Washington and Jared Leto and the guy who won the Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yes. And yeah. it was like you could rent it for $29 or you could buy it for $34. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I think we can wait a couple of months until this price comes down a bit. Yes. And um, then then it was down to rent for six ninety nine, and we thought, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pay that. Yeah. But, uh, was it any it good? Comes out. Yes, it was a good a good story. Oh, yes. good. I might um, get that myself. And yes, it's the little things, and it really is. Um, it, no, no spoilers, but. Towards the end of the movie, he says the little things, and you go, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> oh, that's why they called oh, it yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, Avatar, um, Avatar was—they've made. I think they said that they've made all of the four sequels together at the same time. Yes. And then to save on costs and stuff, and then yep. edited them all, you know, separately. So, and then they're going to release one this year. I, I assume this year and one next year, one the year after that or something. So, um, around yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I really like the first one, but it was a long time ago and. Um, it was, yes. Yeah, and and the problem with sequels is that the novelty can wear off, and you know what happens if the second one bombs? What's, what are they going to do with all the others? Yes, yes. Um, I just think that the like the the graphics that they used were um, amazing, and I think this one might be underwater. So, um, oh. again, they have fantastical creatures and, um, yes, this huge planet to play with. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking for I, I can't wait because I've loved a lot of James Cameron movies. I mean, Terminator yep. 2, um, 
the special effects in that were probably still better than any Terminator film that's been released since. Yes. Uh, and the although it is yeah, now seeing things like 25th anniversary edition. <laughs> yes. And it's like, no, it can't be 25 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would make me old. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I found the same with records. I mean, I can remember when I was young and there were like, you know, maybe the Rolling Stones, you know, 25th anniversary version of Let It Bleed or, or something like that. And you know, I'd think, you know, oh, wow. And now I'm seeing all these records, you know, it's 40 years since it's released. And I think, uh, gee, I bought that the day it was released. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. <laughs> so. I'll, I'll tell you, I've, I've got a story to, to um, lead up to you reading. Yeah. And, and this goes to when I was a, a 15-year-old and... Um, my grandmother lived in Geelong. I lived in Bendigo. Um, she needed a whole lot of um, firewood chopped. So my dad volunteered me to, to go and chop the wood for her. And it was like, it's not a problem. I, I don't do that. So um, I, I went out, chopped up all the firewood, stacked it all up, did everything I needed to do. And then my grandmother said, and he's twenty dollars for doing it. And I thought, I cannot take this money. If yeah. I take this money, my dad's going to yell at me so loudly. And I said to grandma, I said, I can't take it. I can't take the money. And she said, You have to. You have to take the money. You've done the work. Here's the money. You need to take it. I said, I can't. I physically can't take the money. She said. Right then. And she put it on the floor. She grabbed the broom and she started sweeping it to the front door and out the, out the front door along the path. And I'm like, no, <laughs> dollars is a lot of fun. And um, so I ended up picking up the $20. I did get yelled at a lot. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, I went in and bought George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. Oh, yes. And it's his 50th anniversary mm. album coming out next month. Oh, my God. Is it really? 50 years. 50 years. Gosh. Yes. But it was like... I can't take the money, Grandma. I can't. I really can't. Well, you have to. Well, never got put in that position again, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'll need to pay. I'd be out the door and halfway down the street going for a job. No, can't do it. Yeah. It's a bit hard when you're in that situation. I I can remember um, when I was a kid that, we had this old Dutch couple that lived next door and their, their English yep. wasn't very good, but they were very nice people. They were old and um, they never minded that, you know, when the tennis ball went over the fence and we'd climb the fence and, and get the ball back and stuff, you know, they were fine and always said hello and waved and stuff. And then um, 
one of them asked my dad whether uh, he could cut, uh, mow their front nature strip when he was mowing theirs. And, of course, that meant yeah. I had to do it because I was the one that was doing the mowing. <laughs> and um, so I yep. did it. And then she ran out and wanted to give me $5, which was you know, pretty good money for me. And um, yep. I tried to say no, and and she wouldn't hear the end of it type thing. So I took it, yep. and uh, I think my dad must have seen me take it. And um, yep. so I finished mowing the lawns, and then he confronted me and said, you know, where's that money I saw I'd give you? And I said, oh, oh, I didn't know what to do, and he said, give it to me. So I gave it to him. He put it in an envelope and stuck it in their mailbox. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I, I never got to spend it, but I didn't worry, wouldn't worry me that much. Uh, um, yeah, the things you do. Um, when we lived in Bacchus Marsh, our um, driveway was about two metres away from our neighbour's fence so um, our driveway went into the into where our garage was and then there was like um, two metres and then his brick fence went up to that area do you think he would know that two metres uh. <laughs> he just he couldn't leave it and he would just go with nah it's not mine I'll mow mine, and it's all mowed, but that two metres of grass, that was mine to mow. Yeah. So, uh, and and fortunately I had Thomas, so Thomas got to mow it, and I'd say to Thomas, just, just mow his whole lawn for him, just, to, you know, so you can do things. It, it, it doesn't hurt to, you know, just do a little thing now and again. Yeah. We had a neighbour on the on the other side, a very similar situation to what you're just talking about, and there was the the nature strip, and then there was like the dividing line between our place and their place, and then there was about a metre of grass, and then there was our driveway, yep. and uh, he would never mow that metre of grass. Yes. And so when we mowed the lawn, we'd have to mow all everywhere else and then wheel the mower across to just mow this metre of grass and <laughs> I, oh, it really pissed me off but you can't say anything because it's you know it's not his um, you know he doesn't have you to mow it because it's not his not his land but you'd think yeah. you'd just do it you know, as a, a metre the grass was never long anyway so uh, yeah just a pain yep. these things happen yep okay shall I start so, uh, okay. reading let's um, let's hear about our genie out of his bottle yes and of course we are reading the mysterious bottle which is book one in the fearless four series Written by, oh, what was the author's name in? Oh, that's right, it was you, Neil Jones. Okay. Right, here we go. 
He then said, I'm sorry, where are my manners? My name is Mr. Jin, and your names are? Zack said, I'm Zack, and these are my friends, Thomas, Josh, and Cameron. Mr. Jin said, Thank you for freeing me, boys. Your reward for releasing me is three wishes. I will make them all come true, but I caution you to use them wisely. Once you make your wish, you can't take it back, so think very carefully about what you want. The boys all started talking at once. Thomas called out, Everyone stop. Think of a question each. The boys sat quietly for a few minutes. Josh asked the first question. Can we ask for more than three wishes? Mr. Jin said, No, you only get three wishes. Zach said, Zach asked, Will our wishes come true? Mr. Jin replied, Yes, your wishes will come true. Cameron asked, How do we get our wishes? Mr. Jin replied, You say to me, I wish for... Thomas thought for a moment and he asked, Is there a trick to your wishes? Mr. Jin smiled broadly, bowed and said, Your wish is my command. Thomas looked at the other boys. It's an answer, but not a direct answer. He looked at Mr. Jin and said, No offence. Mr. Jin smiled again and said, None taken. Thomas didn't think that the smile quite reached Mr. Jin's eyes. Josh laughed and said, "It looks as if we have to. It looks as if we have found our fortune after all." The boys went into a huddle and whispered amongst themselves about what they were going to wish for first. They decided not to be greedy, and they would wish for one million dollars divided between the four of them. Mr. Jin asked, do you have your first wish? He pointed at Cameron and said, that boy who found the bottle gets to ask the wishes. It is something to do with the genie book of rules and regulations. Cameron said, I wish for... Thomas yelled, stop, wait. Do you remember our maths class on weight? One million dollars in dollar coins would weigh about 9,000 kilograms. We can't carry that. Mr. Jin flashed a look of disappointment, but quickly smiled again. Cameron started again. I wish for one million dollars to be shared equally between the four of us with the money to be paid into our bank accounts. Mr. Jin clicked his fingers and said, It is done. Call me when you are ready for your next wish. And he disappeared back into the bottle in a puff of smoke. Cameron picked up the bottle and the boys started walking home. Josh was smiling because he'd used an app on his phone to check his bank balance and he now had $250,010 in his bank account. The boys were all smiling because that meant they would have money in their bank accounts as well. Then they realised that they were going to have to explain to their parents how they got all their money. Cameron said... Surely we can be forgiven for walking outside our boundary if we can show our parents all the money we now have. I guess we'll have to share some of it, or most of it. Halfway home, 
the boys notice a huge black cloud forming in the skies behind them. They started to move a bit quicker towards home. It started to rain with hailstones the size of golf balls. So the boys started running but were knocked off their feet by a huge wind that swept past them on its way into town. Is that enough, do you think? I think that's brilliant. Oh, good. Yes. So what will happen with the boys and the wind that's coming? Exactly. And that will be in the next... uh, edition of our podcast when it'll be Neil's turn to read. It'll be my turn to read, yes. Yes. And and I'm I'm enjoying this um, uh, congestion at the moment because I'm looking forward to sounding rather manly when I read my books next. (laughs) Uh, You sound fine to me. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You're very good at reading out loud. It's, it's obviously the teacher in you. Yes. Um, and as we finish the podcast, I'll, um, we'll work out when we want to do the football one. But here's my question for you. Yeah. If I come to you Sunday morning first thing and said we can have a 10-point win over Collingwood today, would you take it or not? Yep. I'd take it. If I said we had a step goal lead, <laughs> uh, I don't care. Uh, win's care. a win. I don't care. I like it. I our like our percentage is so bad that it's never going to be <laughs> up high enough to make any difference. So the only way to make the well, finals is winning. And because Greater Western are two points in front, our percentage won't matter. Exactly. We just have to beat the teams we'll play and make sure that we win one more game than they do and we'll play finals. Exactly. So um, I, I don't worry about percentage. I mean, if it comes down to the final day and our percentage is one point below someone and then we miss out in the finals, well, rather than look at the percentage, I'd say look at some of the games that we lost and that's the reason why we didn't make the finals. Yeah, pretty much. I like your thinking. Thank you, Peter. No problem. And we'll organise our football one either tomorrow or the next day. How's that sound? Yep, I'm fine with either. So if you're up to it, we can do it tomorrow. If not, we'll try the next day. Not a problem. All right. Thank you, Peter. Okay, Neil. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.